I just realized that the camera was facing the wrong way. And just like you, it's not about me. It's about the message, right? Welcome to the podcast by Mikhail Alphon. Before we get started on today's episode, I just wanted to point out one of my sponsors, Mike Me Audio, who actually created that incredible intro that you just heard. Now, Mike Me is actually responsible for creating Gary Vaynerchuk's intro, as well as uh, Brittany Crystal's on her Beyond Influential podcast. And what I love about it is it simply gives your podcast that high-end, high-production feel that really grabs your listeners' attention. Now, the good news is if you want an intro for yourself, you can actually go to micme.com, that's M-I-C-M-E.com, and use the promo code MIC at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off your first intro. And they make the process really easy. All you got to do is set in your script, uh, choose your music, choose your uh, voiceover actor, and they'll create it for you within 72 hours. Again, check out micme.com and use promo code MIC, M-I-Q-K, and you know the Q comes before the K and you'll get 10% off at checkout. But before I speak too much, let's get on to the show. What's up, guys? This is Mikhail Alfon from Blue Light Media and iHeart Costa Mesa. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the iHeart Costa Mesa show. This is Erin Huffstutter, your Mesa Maven, coming to you from our sponsor, our fabulous sponsor, the Music Factory School of Music here in Westside Costa Mesa. You guys know that your kids need camps this summer, right? I mean, nobody wants a bunch of bored kids hanging around. Oh, your kids need camp. <laughs> Big time. Send them. Send them. So why not sign them up for music camp here at the Music Factory? Or you can sign them up for lessons throughout the year. You, you can learn guitar, drums, piano, voice, DJing. Or you can jump right into a band class. However you need to learn to rock or your kids. Um, come over here to the Music Factory School of Music in Westside Costa Mesa and support your local small business. They do some awesome things. You guys really want to check them out. Check them out online. Danny was just showing us a little concert thing they did and the kids sound amazing. They do. They do like they do. live shows for the kids. They get like a local club or bar. They get them up on stage. It's like a real. There's lights and sound and all the cool stuff. It's just really cool. Yeah. So come check them out here in Costa Mesa. So that voice, that other voice you heard. The other voice. Is my co-host, Brandy Young. Hello, Brandy. Hello, Erin. Are you excited to have Mikhail Alphon? here on the podcast today. I'm probably more excited than I should be. <laughs> so I told Brandy that we were going to have this really interesting guy. He started out as a vocational nurse. Then he turned into a professional poker player. <laughs> then he co-founded a digital marketing agency here in Costa Mesa called Blue Light Media. His name is Mikhail Alfon. And when I told Brandy that I had booked him for the podcast, she said, what? I follow that guy. <laughs> so she's already a fan. Already a fangirl. He's really inspiring on his Instagram. And how did you find him? I honestly don't know how I found him. He must have just been tagged in something from someone else I follow. Or I have no idea how I came across him. I mean, because we follow a lot of local people. Yeah. Um, and I do, too, on my own personal Instagram. And um. He's just very like inspiring to me because he's very genuine and authentic in his in his Instagram because that's where I follow him. Um, but he's always just inspiring me to do better for my business. Well, I was doing some research before the show, like I always do. And I was listening to him uh, interviewed other places. And he's a big fan of Gary V. And I know that you also are a big fan of Gary V. So you have that in I'm common too. I'm a super, too. super big fan of Gary v. <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk. If you guys don't know who he is, look him up. <laughs> so we will have a lot to talk about. I'm super excited to just jump right into it. I think we need to pick his brain about social media, which we both mm -hmm. need help with. <laughs> help um, <laughs> the whole rise of the, you know, digital influencers and just what is digital marketing and how can we all be better at it? And then, of course, we're going to talk about our favorite topic. Costa Mesa. Yes. All right. So let's get to it. Mikhail Alfon. Yeah. 
Welcome to the iHeart Costa Mesa studio, Mikhail Alfon. Did I say that correctly? You did. Thank you. Okay. From Blue Light Media and so many other things. I'm just excited to talk to you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of fanboying, I think, just because I, I love your guys' show. I love Costa Mesa. Like, this is one that I'm super pumped to be on, which is great. So thank you. Well, your business is based here in Costa Mesa. Yes. And why do you say you're so pumped about Costa Mesa? Man, I don't know. So I grew up in Mission Viejo, which isn't too far away, but it's super bland. Like everything's very um, suburban, I guess you could say. But then Costa Mesa for me was a good balance between, um, you know, being close enough to home and like knowing where my friends and family are. Um, but also it has a little bit more flavor. Um, then, you know, kind of South County type of thing. So yeah. I don't know. That's, wh that's why I love it. I love everything about Costa Mesa. Lots of independent businesses mm -hmm. and that kind of artistic vibe. So yeah. that's why I like it too. Yeah, they're pushing it a lot more, which is great. I mean, even in Irvine, they're pushing it a lot more. But Costa Mesa, like, you know, there's there's the murals on the wall. There's, you know, new restaurants popping up. Like all of those things I don't know. They get me really pumped. <laughs> <laughs> so do you just work here? Or do you live here too? Or I live here live? too. Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. My, our office is about a quarter mile away from my apartment, which makes me really happy. Well, that's great. <laughs> nice and short commute. Yeah. So um, for our listeners, do you want to let them know what does Blue Light Media do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Blue Light Media is a social media marketing company. Um, well, it started off that way anyways, and we've kind of we've kind of expanded into a full service digital agency. So any sort of content production from video, photography, written, uh, the written word, anything like that, to paid media management, Facebook ads, Google ads, Snapchat, whatever you need. Um, in addition to, you know, media planning, helping, you know, anyone from small businesses all the way up to Fortune 500 companies uh, just grow their business on digital platforms. That's what we do. Wow, that's pretty full service. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how did you um how did you start since you're the co-founder? <laughs> yes. Just give us briefly. So it was kind of on accident. I worked at a they called themselves an internet marketing company prior to prior to starting Blue Light or my first company, right? And uh you know, I, I went from I, I was working in sales there, really believed in the product, but then when I worked in operations at that company, I realized that they weren't really providing the service that that we were selling to be honest mm -hmm. and i remember getting on the phone with um one of the customers and they just said called me out my name mikhail do you know that your company is stealing money from small businesses and so for some of us this is the last thousand dollars that we have mm. and that messed with me um i went out well, that's a moral dilemma I yeah would say. exactly yeah. i went outside I sat on the back of my dad's truck and I just cried about it because I was just like, dude, like, why am I working for this company? I kind of knew something was up, but then being called out by name on the phone and like my job was to resell people on this thing, too, which was real nuts. Um, so that was the day I decided, you know, I'm going to start my own thing. Um, and I thought it was just going to be social media marketing, like load up a bunch of stuff in a Hootsuite and then I'm good to go. And mm -hmm. it. <laughs> Because content's so easy like yeah. that, right? <laughs> I didn't even, that's the thing is I didn't even know like content production or whatever, like who's going to take the photos, like, you know, um, yeah, so that's really how it started. And then, you know, just kind of brick by brick, um, you know, fast forward almost five years now, we're here partnered up with Nelson and um, everybody's happy working with basically all the same people that we've been working with since day one. I'm also left-handed. You are. Yeah, yes. yeah lefty boy. Right on. <laughs> also, listeners, Nelson is his videographer that is hunched over in the corner. Actually, Nelson's co-founder and partner, oh, but yes. And Nelson is the co-founder. Yeah, Nelson's co-founder oh, and partner. Nelson, welcome. We're kind of modest about that stuff. Like, I hate yeah. being called boss. And I'm like that too. Yeah, yeah. And it like pains me when I have to fill out a legal form and actually put CEO. I don't mm -hmm. like it. Um, but yeah, so, but yeah, but Nelson does do all the, all the, anything that looks pretty when it comes to blue light, like he had something to do with it. Awesome. So, nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have both co-founders here then. Yeah. We didn't oh. even know. What an honor. <laughs> so why is it called blue light? Blue light is honestly just blue is my favorite color. And then when it's kind of a long story, but you know, the first iteration of this company was, it weighed pretty heavy on me and, and me and Nelson. And so we kind of branched off and did our own thing from the first iteration of this company. Um, and so it was literally like blue light at the end of the tunnel and then media. That was mm. it. You know, nothing super crazy, had a good ring to it. 
Um, and that's that. So you're totally self-taught in digital marketing then? Yes. So how, okay. So, <laughs> number one, that's super brave. And number two, mm-hmm. do you ever get imposter syndrome having been self-taught? You know what? Um, that's a, I get that question quite a bit. I think in the beginning there might've been, but you know what's nuts is like, I've always had the audacity to kind of think that I was somewhere maybe a little bit better than I actually am, if I'm being quite honest with you, mm-hmm. but I knew that I had the integrity to follow, follow up with it. So if I said that like, you know, I'm going to do X, Y, Z for your company with, you know, with these services and this knowledge base. Like I knew that if I didn't know it at that moment, I had the resources, I had the time, I had the hustle or whatever it might be to really follow through and deliver on that promise. And because of that, you know, like we literally have the first client that we ever booked still is still our client. Actually, two of them with NeoCell and um, and Wingnuts. You guys know Wingnuts. Well, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that bodes well. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, imposter syndrome today I don't know. I don't really think about it as much. much. Yeah. I just don't think about it. I'm like, because it's like, if I know who I am, you know what I mean? I know, Mm. you know, at this, and I tell myself every morning who I am. And it's like, if somebody else doesn't believe that, that's fine. You know, it doesn't really matter. My mom likes me. Nelson likes me. Like I'm good. (laughs) That's enough for you. Yeah. (laughs) How do you tell yourself who you are every morning? You have a mantra or something? It is. It's it's a weird mantra. It's crazy that I'm like telling you this right now. Um, So I'm a big (laughs) fan of like Tony Robbins, like anything motivational and whatever. But I do believe that how you talk to yourself is the most important conversation that you're going to have. So literally every single morning I tell myself I'm the leader of a million dollar company that brings out the best in the people that we work with, our clients and everybody around us. And I am bringing wealth and knowledge, experience and finances to everybody around me. And I tell myself that for 30 minutes every morning. Well, if you start wow. your day that's like weird. that. That's the first time I said it out loud. It's weird. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Because I was going to say, if you start your day like that, you can't help but show up with your A-game. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, a, I mean, how big is your agency now? You've got all those yeah. families and people relying on you, yeah. right? Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> no Sorry. pressure. No, it's, you know, we have a team of seven people. But then when I do think about that, it's like, it's not just that. It's, you know, it's you know, Nelson's here to help me out, but it's like Nelson and his family. And then it's, you know, it's Carly, it's Hannah, it's Sarah, like, and the dogs and the cats and like all these things. And then in addition to that, it's like myself. I'm like, I look around my apartment. I'm like, wait a minute. Like I made all this stuff up really, you know? And it's, I think the, the craziest thing is, is sustaining it. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, I, I, I got this far, like what next? And yeah. I think that's kind of the, the cross that maybe I hate saying entrepreneurs, but like, that's a lot of the cross that maybe starting out entrepreneurs have to have is like, how do I keep this up? Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? And the only way to keep it up is to continue doing more of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny because I feel a lot of synergy with what we're doing with iHeart Costa yeah. Mesa, because we have a lot of the same. <laughs> <laughs> The same concerns, the same joys and the same like, where do we go from here? Where do we grow from here? And how do we keep it all going Mm -hmm. now that we've started this thing? You know, so, yeah, you guys are doing an excellent job. I love it. You know, the branding is cool. Um, Like I said, I have the stickers on my wall. I think I sent one of you a picture. You sent me a picture. Yeah. The stickers on my wall and like the the podcast, it sounds itself sounds great. It's the best sounding one that is done by people that I've been able to meet uh, so far outside of like the big guys. You know what I mean? Like that's Danny's magic. Danny in the back room, our producer, (laughs) because he like, you know, sound and music and mics, that's his life. Isn't it crazy how important that there that person is too? It's because like. And it's, Nelson makes me look handsome <laughs> <laughs> on any video that we have right. and he like understands me now my like inner Beyonce comes out I'm like dude like you can only get this side of my face and now I don't you, he's there for me I appreciate it <laughs> you a true friend <laughs> So um, have you always been a leader or did you have to work your way up into the act of leading and then learn it as you went? That's a good question. I never realized that I was always a leader. Oh, uh, so when you look back on your life, you mm-hmm. can see moments where you were leading. Yeah, like I didn't, um, you know, even in small jobs that I, not small jobs, like everybody's a grinder, I think. But like my first job is like, um, you know, I, I managed a coffee shop. And then after that, I was... I was a nurse for a little while and I managed a team of CNAs and whether it be the unit or something like that, then I was a sales manager. Then I was X, Y, Z, you know, like these types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and then actually when we had the first iteration of our of, of blue light um i thought in the beginning that i was going to be the scotty pippen to somebody's michael jordan uh-huh. and it was through the trials of that that did i not that i'm michael jordan but it was through the trials of that that i realized like i actually have to lead what this is you know what i mean so mm. um i don't know it's that's kind of another weird thing to call myself a leader of it but that's that mantra like i'm still after five years i'm still convincing myself that i am you know yeah um so I think sometimes some of the best leaders are the reluctant leaders, the ones who didn't quite know. And then like the role kind of called out to them and they saw, all Mm -hmm. right, I got to step into this thing. So, yeah. And I think my version of it too, like I heard Michael Jordan used to like punch, like uh, what's his name? One of the people in the face, if they got like literally punch him in the face, if they got out of Are you punching people at your agent? Negative. (laughs) Like if I, if I feel like something can be done better then I like, you know, I, I sit down with that person and we, we do it together, like yeah. whatever it is, you know? So I don't know. It's just a different type of style, but no, I didn't know that I'm growing up. Now mm. I think, oh, how am I doing? Am I doing okay? <laughs> <laughs> Nelson says he's doing a great job. <laughs> oh. So now that you're, you'd say you're an entrepreneur. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So why is being an entrepreneur so difficult and also so addictive? I think so I think the addictive part of it, let me answer that first is maybe the idea of autonomy over your time when in Mm. actuality, anybody who wants to start that, like there's no autonomy over time. If you're, if you're true and if you are a leader or the founder or something, you are, you owe it to the people around you who support you being like your family, your friends. And then if you have employees like those people to work a little bit more and always be available to them. So there isn't really autonomy behind it. It just feels that way. Um, Why is it so hard? I think it's because if you, in my opinion, it's like, and in my personal experience, it's because I'm never satisfied and that sucks. Like it sucks that I'm just like, dude, I have, hope I don't get weird about it but it's like it sucks that like it doesn't suck but it you know it becomes hard when you look at everything that you have and you're like cool I have the car I have the girl I have the place I have my friends I have the company but but it's not enough and it just keeps Mm. going and going and going and it, it is enough and it's that balance of like I've made it this far but I've only just begun and that is literally the mindset every single day so I think for me that's really been the hardest part do you have um, somewhere in your mind, do you have like an age or a number or a level of success that once you, in your mind, once you get there, you feel like you might just ah, <laughs> just relax mm-hmm. and not feel the drive to uh, keep pushing forward? Or is this, is this who you are? I think it's who I am because everything that I shot for so far, I've achieved it to a certain level. And then I know that we need to do it again. So what my trick is to continue going because if you get stuck it's funny i was just having this conversation with the team today and what i told them was uh what's expected of you is more than you believe than you can do you know and yeah and it's like you know at first i didn't think that i was going to be able to be the leader i didn't think that we'd be able to hire people like the things that we're doing is nuts like i thought we we're going to wa- work with like small businesses the whole time we're working with like clorox and uci like Get out of here. That's awesome. But I don't know how it happened. (laughs) Like, (laughs) if somebody says, like, how did you get that deal? I don't know. Get Nelson. Like, (laughs) you know, so that's kind of what it is. But, um, but, you know, I think it's always there. But my trick is, like, once you're getting super close to, like, achieving that goal, you have to set the next one. And so for us right now, like, Nelson and I, like, I have my personal goals, but we have ones that, like, lifestyle-wise. And I think the next one right now is, like, sitting ringside at, like, a triple G uh fight like a Gennady Golovkin fight yeah and then and then it's like okay cool so we need to do it next like what's the next thing after that like little things like that all Mm -hmm. the time yeah so we were talking in the intro about how I was listening to some other interviews that you did and you mentioned Gary V and Mm. Brandy is a huge Gary V fan and when I'm listening to you I'm like gosh it sort of is reminding me of some (laughs) of the things that he talks about so do you want to talk about what you've learned from him or man you know what's funny is like everything that Gary V says is the same thing that Tony Robbins says is the same thing that Eric Thomas says and Lewis Howes and all of these people and you know and you even take the you even take those people you guys know Jasmine Star around here Mm -hmm. too right like she says the same things too so but one of the biggest things that i've learned from him man i guess patience is one i'm still trying to learn that um and 
a part of me is starting not to believe in it, to be quite honest. But I think in the beginning, it was just like, you know, he has this idea of clouds and dirt. And that's the biggest one. You And it goes back to like the audacity to think you're a little bit better than what you actually are, but the integrity to follow it up with hard work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the number one thing that I've learned is to be able to spend good time and equal. You have to be able to get in the trenches and work with your team and understand all the inner workings of your business. But at the same time, you do need... You know, you need those time in the morning where you're telling yourself the mantra and you see the big thing. You see yourself ringside in the private jet or whatever your actual goal is Mm -hmm. like you, you know, you need that time to dream that big because otherwise, like you lose sight of what you're working for. Very true. What do you get from him? That's where the patience comes in, right? Because I mean, really, (laughs) I know and I know it's hard. Like I'm so impatient myself, even with my business, like when I have an idea or this like, you know, um. I come up with something that I want to create or do in my business. I don't have a lot of the time that I want to make my business what it could be right now. And Mm -hmm. I have to have that sense of patience of like, okay, I'm playing a long game here. Yeah. So even though right now I can't make things what I want them to be, I can do certain things to make them what I want them to be Mm -hmm. and know that like my long game will eventually get me where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard in the moment to believe or to be uh, be patient with. <laughs> it's hard. Like I would. So I got the entrepreneurial bug from when I played poker full time and my coach when I was playing cards, like he would get so frustrated with me when I lost because he because at any point in the session, like I was ahead at one point. But I always had this thing where I needed to win every single chip on the table. And it just doesn't work like that. And Mm. he used to tell me that poker is a lifelong game. It's not about this session. And only now am I starting to understand what that means, you know? So it's like, if you can win a little bit every single day, when you look back, you're like, holy crap, I got to where I thought I was going to be. You know what I mean? But how do you know which chips to go for and when to walk away? (laughs) Isn't that a song? But yeah, no, but that's actually, that's hard to know, you know? Because we get, I was going to say with iHeart Costa Mesa, we get a lot of offers now Mm -hmm. to partner on things or to, you know, collab on things. And I'm kind of like, oh, it's hard to know, you know, what to say yes to. I feel like I say no to a lot just because I'm not really sure. I don't know what my barometer should be for that. One thing I really believe that Gary Vee taught me or is teaching me or whatever it might be is not to cash in your chips too early. And with that, in that, like you guys have good momentum in what you're doing. Like that's not the last offer you're going to get. Now, if you need the money and you need the partnership, sure, then do that. But if you can hold out for a little longer, you know, then and then just wait it's the same thing like taking on it for us it's like taking on a bad client it's like okay like i'm not a hundred percent that this is a great fit for us do i need the money do i like do i feel like we can really help them like you have to make those little decisions but it's really just for yourself like if you don't need it right now don't take it because maybe it's the other way around in the future it's like cool like i don't know the, the more equity that you can build in your brand, the more leverage you're going to have in the future you know and it, it yeah. might be a li- how many episodes is it just for the show no, it's for everything that mm, we do. Yeah. So, and it, I think what's interesting about what we do is it's so hyper local. Like we are this. just Costa Mesa, <laughs> and it's not you know it's like a little over a hundred thousand people, and then it's you know sixteen square miles. Yeah. And so, I think part of it too is maybe because I don't really know anyone who's doing something that's. I don't think there anybody local. there is. <laughs> so really, we're sort of making it up as we go. Yeah, yeah, I think the last one was maybe like Sex in the City. Like just, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But even then it's so much bigger, but it's like, it focused so heavily on, there's, there's no like iteration of that for LA, yeah. you know, or, you know, the, so I know, and I know that's a little different, but you guys are super like hyper, hyper local, but imagine if you could extract like a hundred dollars from a hundred thousand people, like that's crazy, yeah. you know? So, well, generosity. So this is something else that really resonated with me when I was looking over your stuff. Um, generosity is a big part of what we do. It's just mm-hmm. really core to our brand, you know, and, and we're always trying to give and, and give back and add value to other people's lives. So talk to us about giving value with no expectation. And I think you called it reverse networking. So oh, I'm shoot. really curious <laughs> to pick your brain about that because I don't even think of it as reverse networking. But then when you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that yeah. makes, you know, so much sense. Isn't it weird that like when you, the second you put a name to something, it's like, oh, that makes sense. It's just a branding thing. It all which clicked. Is weird. Yeah, yeah. Into place. Um, You know, the, the giving without expectation thing is... 
again, a lot of people say that sort of thing, but I do think it's necessary. Like from a very tactical standpoint, I'll be honest is like, it's like it builds equity for you. So the more I give to, let's say you guys, it's like at one point or another, like I'll maybe stay in your mind, but nine times out of 10, it's not going to work that way. Nine times out of 10, people are going to take from you Mm -hmm. more than they'll ever give. But you know, some people say the universe, some people say cosmos. I personally say God, it's like, like it works out. Mm -hmm. But one thing that my uncle taught me, which I think is really important. It's like, what, what good is all your knowledge, all your wealth, all your wealth, all your experiences, if you can't share them with other people. Yeah. And I truly believe that it is way more fun for Nelson and I to go to a boxing match than it is for me to buy a new pair of shoes. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. So that part makes it fun. And I just always think it's the right thing to do. Um, You know, my mom just taught me to share. I, I enjoy sharing. I like if I, if I'm, you know, Nelson's exactly the same way. This is why we get along so well. Like, like we have Sarah, like we have a third person to keep us from giving away the farm because the more we get, we would just want to give it away. Yeah. And I think with that mentality, it's like, you know, accumulation doesn't really do much, but if you're shooting for how much you can actually give to other people, you'll probably go a lot further. Yeah. See, intention's better. I don't know if I answered your question properly. No, you did. I just wanted to <laughs> hear you sort of expand on yeah. that idea because that was... so. Personal branding is something that I, I wouldn't say struggle with. I'm just Mm -hmm. not that into it. Like I want, especially around iHeart Costa Mesa, I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about Costa Mesa. So people have criticized me in the past that I'm a little too behind the scenes about it. But for me, I just, personal branding, I mean, I get this sense that it's, it feels more about ego Mm -hmm. than anything else. And I mean, can you convince me otherwise or is there, should I be putting more effort into a personal brand or man? Yes, you should be putting more effort into okay. a personal brand, <laughs> but not, but okay. So, but, but not in the way that, not in the way that I think a lot of people may have looked at this where it's like, I'm a travel influencer or a fitness influencer and the, the camera's always on me. Like your brand could be, Costa Mesa your brand could for you specifically you could never be in a photo but you could review every coffee shop every restaurant you know what I mean the parks the beach like and just like these little the nuances of this city that not a lot of people know about and make that your page put your name like at the top that you know what I mean but it doesn't have to be like your face with some sweet tea yeah you know what I mean it could just be like a nice picture of your meal and like whatever you think that is um and as far as it being ego I think for a lot of people, it's ego for mm. me. Like I, I'm like, I balance, I've tried to balance that. Um, I think, and for a long time, especially last year, I was like, why exactly am I doing this? Um, I took a month off of social media completely in September and I haven't been the same since. Have you noticed that? Like, what was that like a month off? It was beautiful. Amazing. Did you have like withdrawals? No, and- I was so excited to do it because social media had become so much of a job for me, but then that job is reinforced by like the addictive qualities of the platforms, right? Like right. the dopamine drip or whatever else is coming out. And you never, it, it never ends. I mean, no, it it's constantly ends. with you. Yeah, yeah. So like, so for me, um, ever since I came back or whatever it was like I haven't been the same I don't I don't really care to have pictures of myself out there I don't really care to do like this like you know the selfie video thing as much anymore Mm. because I just realized that the camera was facing the wrong way and just like you it's not about me it's about the message right right the work you're doing exactly whatever that is it's not about you it's about Costa Mesa it's about the community so make it about that but you can still be the driver behind it you just don't need to have like the recognition of it too you know what I'm saying and I think too the more you're on social media the more you start to start to slip into mimicry a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's hard to stay authentic especially as a creative person especially as you know a writer it's difficult for me to not want to start (laughs) mimicking what other people are doing so I have to fight that all the time do you ever come up against that yeah um I did especially because I have the digital agency I'm a Gary Vee fan I have that motivational quality about me and my friend Brittany Um, who actually used to do the, she directed his personal brand for a long time, was just like, dude, there's a niche for everyone. And that's why I said, like, Eric Thomas, Tony Robbins, uh, Lewis Howes, like all of these speakers that we look up to, they're actually saying their own things. But it's in their voice and in their delivery and in their cadence that makes them unique. So -hmm. even for you, like, I can write about, you know, I can write about Memphis Cafe and talk about the same exact dish, and you can too. Mm -hmm. But like, 
some people are going to resonate with how I wrote it and some people are going to resonate with how you wrote it, you know? So like you just got to be okay and comfortable with your own voice. With my voice. That's right. what I'm working on. <laughs> um, Let's jump over to podcasting because sure. you actually have two podcasts, correct? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Light has a podcast that I happen to be the host the of. The Tuesday show. Yeah. The Tuesday show. Thank okay. you. I really like those. The little digestible <laughs> podcast episodes. Yeah. They're like 15 minutes usually. So right? you're the one person listening to them. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then you have the podcast, yeah. which is like your longer format where yeah. you bring people in. And it used to be more about business and marketing, right? And you're yeah. sort of mixing it up a little bit these days. I am. Or? Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can't remember which TV show it was, but some, I believe it was probably Billions. Um, but somebody, I love that show. It's great. It's so good. I'm so excited for Saturday. I'm obsessed. Saturday's going to be such a good day. Anyways. Oh, so good. <laughs> I'm lost. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's great. You got to we you have a week to catch up on billions. But there's a line in that show where one of the guys says um uh he he who can only talk about business is a failure in life. Mm. And wow. that resonated really hard with me because I've made my life so much about it and I enjoy it and I love it. However, that's just not all there is to it. And so I think from the beginning I've always had a genuine interest in other people and I tried to make it a business thing with you know, with a nurse and with somebody who survived cancer and whatever, mm. like these types of things. And now I'm just like, you know, I just, I have a constant like interest in learning about other people and how they tick and what motivates them. Not, not just motivates them. Like, you know, what are the five things you do in the morning? It's like, no, like, why do you exist in this universe? Like what makes you happy? Like, I want to know those things about really everybody. I have this old, like, this old goal that I want to take everybody on the planet to lunch. And I want to take everybody on the planet home and feed them soup. Okay. It's similar. So I'm not as good as I'm I'm not as good of a cook as you as apparently. There's just something wonderful about eating soup together. Yeah, like eating together and learning, you know, it's that's connecting. Yeah. I mean, connecting is the thing, right? That's yeah. the secret sauce, I would say, of yeah. all of these conversations. Is that I've never met you, but there's something really heady and interesting about going deep for an hour yeah. with on specific topics. And then I'm learning so much and connecting so much. And yeah. There's just nothing like it. Yeah, I, I I love doing both. The business stuff is fun, and it's funny. I've had to like talk myself out of like, you know, maybe I'm saying the same thing too often, but but at the same time, it's like we've said the same thing a zillion times. People still email us like, "How do we do this?" I'm like, "We have 47 episodes on doing this." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, how did you how did you jump into podcasting? Um. Honestly, it was a competitive thing. Somebody that I don't even talk to, I found out that they started a podcast. I don't even talk to them. Like, we are not competitors at all. But for whatever reason, I saw that they started it and I was like, and I listened to an episode. I was like, I could do better than this. And I did it. And I did, I think I did 22 or 27 episodes in one month. Holy oh my cow. Gosh. What? Yeah. yeah. What did you talk about? Did you post them each every day? Um, or did whenever, you save them up and post them over time? The moment that at that time I was also testing how quickly I can do this. So when it was done, I wasn't really doing a lot of editing at that time. And it was just through like a Zoom call. So it's like intro, outro, out, intro, outro, out. Like that was it. And so, mm. I would, you know, there'd be days where I'd put out two or three in a day. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, I just wanted to learn how to do it. I yeah. Think, you know, the... um. I, I don't know. I just wanted, as it's getting bigger, like I wanted to know, like, this is exactly how it's done. So to one level or another, like I've probably touched every aspect of the service at, at blue, uh, blue light media. I cannot work a camera the same way Nelson does, but like, we'll sit down and like, uh, we'll sit down and he'll run me through some stuff. And then I did like 14 episodes of a vlog, like just editing from my phone and putting it out just so that I could feel what it was like to create the content myself. And I always thought that that was really important when you're selling a service for one. And then if you're going to tell somebody that this is what you should do, it's like, why? Like, I don't think that everybody needs to have photos of themselves. I don't think that everybody needs a vlog either. I think that it's important to find a something that you're comfortable with. For me, it was a podcast because I like talking to people. I oddly don't really like being on camera that much. Yeah. Um, but so something that you're comfortable with and then something that's sustainable is the other thing. So, you know, you that's might, huge, actually. Yeah. And yeah. the podcast was the easiest, the, the most sustainable thing I could possibly do where I could tell people like this podcast is going to come out every Thursday and it actually came out every Thursday. Yeah. So, you know, 
I've missed two or three Thursdays in two years, almost two years. You're allowed. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't video. Do you video the podcast or um, do you? We've been testing it. It's a little hard with our space, you know, yeah. and, then, and then resources as well. Like we're kind of like we're at this place where, you know, we could maybe take on another content creator but then we can't like it's it's in a weird space oh my gosh we're in the same spot yeah. like i need to hire more content creators to kick us to the next level where the project wants to go but it's always the cost yeah. like is it the right time should we wait six months yeah so i feel you for sure and especially because it's it's like my podcast nelson will argue this against me but this is why we're like this is why we love each other it's like you know, I don't like taking resources from the company and using them for something that's branded Mick, even though like if something comes of it, it goes right back to the company, mm. um, you know, but every so often we'll try. He encourages me to do so, which is great. So like we've kind of tried, but haven't really found the right way. And then it's just like a lot of work. And I'll be honest, it's just that it's that part of it where it's just like, this is a lot of work and the ROI from this isn't as immediate as me emailing a hundred people t today, Yeah, you know, and this can come organically. Like our biggest client right now came from the podcast, but I was very intentional nice. about making that happen, Yeah, you know? So, but now it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just taken a different form and there's other things I know that I can be doing to, to help the business more, you know? Yeah. So what do you, what do you like about the medium of podcasting? Like, what do you think is unique and why is it taking off the way uh, that it has? Because I think that audio is probably the most engaged that you can be with somebody. So you don't think video is, are it, you, what do you think about video versus audio? Video. So the, the thing is, yes, you're right with video. Like I'll sit and watch a Star Wars episode or like one of the movies like over and over and over again. However, it takes somebody sitting down and giving you all that attention uh, like the attention of their time and their space and everything like that, where where you like I can't multitaskers watch. and optimizers like to listen while right. they're doing other you know things. What I mean? Yeah, and I think that it can still be passive to the point where like you know they're not really consuming it a hundred percent. But if I can do it while I'm at the gym or in the car or you know walking the dog, that's a lot more powerful and it touches you in a lot of different ways. Whereas you can't really do that with video or even the written form, right? Yeah. So. I mean, there are some crazy people that will read and drive, but I don't think that we don't recommend that here <laughs> that. <laughs> at the I Heart Costa Mesa show. Please don't read and drive. Um, and we we find that with what we do in the Costa Mesa, you know, um, market or whatever, we are having to do a fair amount of educating still because mm -hmm. people aren't sure how to get the podcast or where to get the podcast. Our demographic is pretty much everybody. So yeah. trying to... Everybody in custom mace-ish. Right, but I'm saying yeah. all ages and yeah, stages. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we want to wrap our arms around the whole mm -hmm. city. So yeah. Yeah, that part is definitely a little difficult. Um, you know, and I, I think it's... I've never really... I've tried putting ads behind a podcast before, but it didn't work. And it's because like somebody's not going to click an ad to do something for an hour. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. So I think if you can distribute it more organically, you have, you know, you guys have it perfect because it's like you have guests who will hopefully share it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And that kind of builds. But it takes time, like yeah. a lot of time. How long you, exactly have you guys been doing it? Um, Coming up on four years in April. Dang. Not the podcast, though. Not the oh, podcast. podcast is one. Just one, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Oh, really? Thing. I didn't realize that it was that that you've been doing it for that long. That's so rad. I'm so pumped for you. We just like story by story, article by article. You know yeah. what I mean? That's really <laughs> slow cool. Slow progression, but yeah. 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 Um, so what have you learned since starting podcasting? Man, I love- How are you changed? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think that I've always been a good listener, but it's definitely taught me to listen a little bit better mm. um, and direct conversations better. But I think, you know, it sounds- cheesy but i learned something from our guests every single time and i think at a, ver in a very like mm, like cosmic level or whatever it well, is Well, at any given moment we're both a teacher and the student yeah. right and so we're sharing all but of that <laughs> the number one thing that i've learned from the podcast is like prejudging somebody and thinking that you know anything about them because of how they post on social media or something that you've heard of them probably isn't true yeah you know what i mean and taking that hour to really understand somebody man like that's the thing is like you just you just never know you never know where somebody came from you never know their struggles da, da, da. and for us to even and if you're the most empathetic person in the world mm -hmm. you'll still never understand what somebody else is really going through like it's that's like some crazy jedi stuff that you would need but like you can be as empathetic as you can you just don't get it you don't understand how people what motivates them what drives them their story yeah things like this 
it's really humanized our city for us in a lot of ways. Going right. out and talking yeah. to people, you know, maybe I drove by your storefront a hundred times, yeah. but then I came and I met you and then I met your wife and then I met your dog and then I heard where you came from. And I mean, it just fills me up. I can't imagine not doing it at this point because I'm just so, I don't know. Very fulfilling. And it makes you just look at humans differently. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be somebody I encounter because of an interview now. I just, I feel like I experience humanity in a different yeah. way. And you like want to talk to everybody. I, I want to connect with everyone. I'm like, oh, you want to have a one on one and connect with me? Yeah. Yeah. You ever go to like <laughs> do coffee it. or lunch and then all of a sudden like you're basically doing your show? all over <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We actually try on the podcast to have people on primarily that we've never met before because it's that first. Yeah. That first encounter. Right. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Careful over there, Nelson. <laughs> Why is curiosity so important? Um, it's the only way that we learn, really. And if I think learning fundamentally is just the easiest way to grow. Like I can never, I'll never be able to play basketball as well as Michael Jordan, but I can adopt his mindset and I can learn from his mindset. And how, how can I apply that to my business, to my friendships, to, you know, my finances, whatever. I wouldn't want to take Michael Jordan's finances and apply that to mine. He's a degenerate gambler, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> which is widely known, by the way. It's, I'm not sending anything. Okay. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, but like, if I, can learn, if I can learn from somebody else's mindset and experiences and apply that into my own life, like mm -hmm. that, it, but it takes like pure curiosity first. With no expectation of like trying to, you know, I'm asking you questions just because I like care about, for whatever reason, I care about how you operate, um, you know, and if you can do that, <clears throat> if you can do that and learn from other people's mistakes and just for their experiences, it doesn't have to be mistakes at all. Like, I think you'll get a lot further. Mm hmm. So we have a fair number of small business owners who follow us and listen because sure. we're sort of champions for local small businesses. And I was going to say, what is one um, piece of advice that you would leave them with? Like something that they, you know, need to know. Um, from a very like tactical standpoint, when it comes to social media marketing, let's just say, mm -hmm. um, don't boost your posts on Facebook ads. Just don't do it. Like, <laughs> Why not? Be uh, because you're not taking advantage of all the targeting um, mm. that is available and all the measurement that is available. Um, if you're going to, and if you are going to spend money on Facebook ads or Instagram ads or whatever it is, uh, extrapolate that budget over three or four months and really try to understand. And there's a lot of things, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of courses on Udemy, which are like 10 bucks to learn how to do the basics of, of Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. um, but really when you're boosting a post and, and just like blasting it like that, you're essentially taking a shortcut on your business because you're not taking the time. Everybody wants the result, not the work, right? Yeah. And it takes work to understand that. So don't do that. You're wasting money and that's why it's not working for you. So that would be number one uh, from a very tactical standpoint, do that. And number two, um, something that I learned from Simon Sinek, who's like a best-selling author. Is, oh, yeah. yeah. You like him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My, my number one thing from him is leaders eat last. You know what I mean? Right. Like take care of your people first and then hopefully they'll do the same for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <sighs> We're just taking a moment. <laughs> and then what about for people who aren't small business owners, just the, you know, yeah. There are no average Costa Masons, but let's say you're average Costa Mason listening. Like, what do you want them to know about you, about Blue Light? Like, they could take away one thing today from what you're doing. What should it be? Um, well, one thing, I don't know if I want them to know anything about me specifically, but even if you're not a business owner, understand that you are inspiring somebody who might not be speaking up. You are a leader in one way or another, whether it be for your kids, your family, or just a friend who looks to you. You are a leader in some way, and the same concept applies. Leaders eat last. Take care of your friends first, your family first, like whatever it is. And hopefully that comes back to you. And if it doesn't, so what? But I'd rather be like, I'd rather err on the side of generosity and be wrong at the end than be selfish and then be right. Like that sucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think person by person, if we can all do a little more of that, imagine where the world would go, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> One podcast at a time. A deal, right? One, One bowl of soup at a time. One bowl of soup <laughs> at a time. <laughs> so um, we always end our podcast with the Fast Final Fives, sure. which are five questions we do at the end. But um, 
Where do you want people to go to find you online? Because you're everywhere online. So where would you prefer that they find Instagram's you? Instagram's probably the easiest Instagram. One. Okay. Yeah. We'll put links to all your stuff, yeah. but I just wanted to know where you wanted them yeah. to go. So. M-I-Q-K, the Q comes before the K. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So on to the fast final fives, and I'm glad that you live and work in Costa Mesa. So yes. I'm curious to see what you're going to say. Number one, your favorite place to eat in Costa Mesa. Memphis. Memphis Cafe. Oh. You were like, no on it. I love Memphis. I have what do you my, love about Memphis? I mean, uh, it's so cute. All there. Of, it's a cute place. Like, I didn't realize like anybody who hasn't been to Memphis should go. Like that little the the small like fryer that's behind the the bar is like that's the whole kitchen for that restaurant, which I think is what? amazing. I yeah. didn't know that. The one that you can see when you're in there. That's yeah. the whole thing. I think it's great. But they have a great eggs Benedict. I'm a big eggs Benedict fan. Mm, um, me too. They have, you know, they have a good bar and then all of their food is really fantastic. And it's like it's it they put a lot of love into all of their dishes, but it's not pretentious. And that's what I love about that place. And it's close to my, where I live. Yeah. I like a good <laughs> solid menu where it may not be ginormous, but what you do, you do really yeah. well. So, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's definitely what I love about it. Cool. Okay. Your favorite place in Costa Mesa to enjoy the outdoors. To enjoy the outdoors. Dang. Is, uh, is the back bay still, still Costa Mesa? It's Newport, but... Uh, so many neighborhoods that are Costa Mesa bump right up against it. So okay. it's sort of like so grandfathered it, in. Right. So if it's not that, so the, I don't know if Costa Mesa has a lot of, from in my experience, a lot of like outdoors, so to speak. So it would have to be uh, at, um, what is it now? La Vida. Because like on a- I love La Vida at the Triangle. Yeah, at the yeah. Triangle. Because, you know, like on a Sunday in the summertime, it feels like, it almost feels like you're at a Vegas club. I feel like I'm in like Cabo that. when I'm yeah. like on that patio. You yeah, know what I mean? you can see outside. Like, yeah, so it would have to be that. Especially on a warm night. You just yeah. feel like you're on vacation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Your favorite event in Costa Mesa. My favorite event in Costa Mesa. You know, they have these boxing events there. Those would be my favorite ones. At uh, the Triangle? No, not, oh, oh. Sorry, not at the Triangle. <laughs> oh, my God. At the at the hangers, they have these like uh these fight nights. Oh my god. So gosh. those are actually pretty cool because they have some pretty decent fights and yeah. um and like you can sit ringside, like this whole thing. Like it's I think that those are really cool. Do you fight or do martial arts or anything? No. Okay. What do you like about watching fights? You know what? I grew up on I grew up a, a lot about on uh with these like, you know, like Bruce Lee and things like this. Yep. However, what I love about boxing is it's like that person, they are kind of dependent on like, they are dependent on their coach and their team, but it's not like any other sport where like you can blame somebody else on the game winning shot or somebody mm -hmm. didn't make the kick. Like it's about your preparation. It's about, it's about what you brought to the table and what you brought inside of the ring. That's going to define whether or not you win. And when somebody can get up from getting hit real hard, like that's just life, dude. Like, you're going to get hit in the face. Like, how are you going to respond to it? Are we still talking about boxing now? It feels <laughs> yeah. like a metaphor. But it is. But that's, but that's <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. And then on top of that, I think a lot of people that are in boxing as well have these amazing stories where they came from absolutely nothing and they were fighting for their lives. You never hear somebody is like, my life was really good, so I decided to get hit in the face for a living. <laughs> like... <laughs> Right. It's like I had no other choice. This was my family thing. Like this is what I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I like about Brandy's it. Brandy's recently taken up BJJ Jiu-Jitsu yeah. and she just did her first tournament. Nice. And I did. How was it? It was pretty crazy. Yeah. But it's interesting because every it is very parallel to life. Yeah. Doing martial arts and just the practice of it. it the craziest thing about BJJ for me is like when you're in a jam, you just have to remember to breathe. You breathe and you sit through the discomfort. Yeah. I was getting totally choked out and <laughs> I lips were blue. My lips oh. were blue. This is very humiliating for me to say to so many people, but no, you're um, so tough. I, mean, I was getting like that. the crap beat out of me yeah. and I just had to like, they stopped to ask if I was okay. And I'm like, I'm okay. I didn't tap. So, but I literally was just like, okay, just breathe as much as you can while you're getting choked. Um, but like sit through the discomfort mm -hmm. and then figure your way out. Yeah. And I did, but and you're going to go back, right? And I, I'm going to go back because I, I got to win eventually. But <laughs> yes. But just that lesson of like, uh, it's just very parallel to life. That lesson of like just getting the crap beat out of you and just being like, okay, just sit through this. And like, you're going to figure your way out of it. Right. And, and you do. Once yeah. she said that she knew she was losing, she's like, I'm just not going to tap out. I'm going to go the full round. That's awesome. And so yeah. she was just focusing on that. You're Congratulations. So I made the five minutes and then she had to help me up. <laughs> That's awesome, though. You know, it's just like about getting to the end sometimes. However yeah. you finish, right? That's tight. Yeah. Respect. 
Thanks, guys. If you could have one wish come true for Costa Mesa, and you knew that if you wished it, it came true, what would it be? Um, honestly, there's a lot of homeless here, and yeah. I and I wish that there was. I wish it was more obvious that there are so many resources to help the homeless people or or people that are just hungry. Um, you know, there's soup kitchens right off 19th Street. You know yeah. what I mean? That, but it it just doesn't seem obvious. Like, why isn't that bigger? So. We did a whole podcast with um, a lady from the Network for Homeless Solutions. Okay, so great. there's a bunch oh, yeah, of neighbors did. coming together, and yeah. there, yeah. So yeah, I wish that that was more obvious. Um, but outside of that, I mean, oh, and I wish that you know, people. I feel like whenever I drive down Harbor, um, somebody's trying to get hit in their on their bike, like every single time. Like, just yeah. use the crosswalks. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Every time you're on Harbor driving, somebody's like on their bike going the wrong way. Like, please. In the middle of the lane. <laughs> Just That's please so stop. Funny. Yes. Please bike responsibly. <laughs> what we're saying. All right. Um, number five, finish this sentence. The thing I heart most about Costa Mesa is. My home. It's just like, I don't know. It's my home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I, mean, I guess I could say the restaurants, but like my apartments in Costa Mesa. So that's what I was kind of talking about. Like I love my home there. Um, yeah. I have a lot of reasons to go into that, but yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you here too. Thank you so much for making the time yeah. to thank come you. today. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been so rad. I'm so pumped. <laughs> oh, yay. And thank you also to our sponsor, the music factory. You guys can see it. It's all around us here. Come check them out for music lessons here in Westside Costa Mesa. If you heart Costa Mesa as much as we do and you want to support our little project, here are three easy ways to do that. Number one, you can donate to our project on Patreon at patreon.com slash iheartcostamesa. Number two, you can shop for t-shirts, stickers, hats, and other swag in our online store at iheartcostamesa.com. And number three, join our Facebook group. Let us know who you want us to interview here on the podcast and give us feedback on our existing episodes. Thank you so much, Costa Mesa. We had a great time. Thank you so much to Mikhail Alfon. We're so happy to have you here. Um, we'll see you guys next week on the iHeart Costa Mesa show. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>